Gentlemen, our faithful listeners out there, welcome into the Get Around After Dark. Uh, even though you're probably listening to this on a Saturday morning or sometime after we're recording it, which is midnight here in the offices of the Traverse City Record Eagle newspaper, I am your host, Brendan Queeley. Alongside me this week, my good pal, my good buddy, James Cook, and we also have a guy named Brett Summers who's... Uh, He's stopping by, at least for this week. We'll we'll see how he's doing. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Just a hangers-on. Yes, that is Brett Summers as we know him. Uh, welcome into the show. We've got plenty of good football talk uh, this week. Uh, we've got all three of the Traverse City teams picking up wins on this Friday night. Uh, Traverse City West with a 43-7 to win over Cadillac. We also had Traverse City Central with a 51-26 win against Alpena. And you had the Traverse City St. Francis Gladiators picking up a 42-0 win over the Chiefs of Sheboygan. Boys, we had some good football action out there tonight. James, you were over at Thurlby Field checking in on the Gladiators. What did you see from them tonight? Specifically, let's talk about uh, Aaron Simon and what he did to the Chiefs. Yeah, their, their defense, too. Uh, I'm, I'm having trouble deciding which adjective to use, you know, like debilitating, uh, you know, or just decisive, demolishing. Um, I mean... Uh, Downright suffocating. Yeah. I mean, the, their star running back had 291 yards last week on 12 carries. Asher Berry. Asher Berry. And uh, this week he got buried. Uh, St. Francis held him to 16 yards on 11 carries and... Sheboygan just couldn't get anything going offensively. I mean, they only had two first downs all the first half, and one of those was on a fake punt. If I was at Traverse City St. Francis defense, I'd be saying Asher Berry. Never heard of him. I don't know who that is. They buried Mr. Berry that night, including and his brother Avery, too. Avery didn't have much going on either, correct? Nope, he didn't either. Uh, he had uh, 10 carries for 33 yards. So right, yeah. better, still not good. Yeah, what they did with uh, Simon was very impressive. A, a couple of big touchdowns from him in, uh, out of the wildcat position, taking uh, the ball on the snap and just moving those short little legs and uh, busting it to the end zone. I, he had a couple of long touchdowns, um, one from 40 yards and another from 42, which was it was just really impressive watching that kid and what he was doing, specifically you know, in, including his, his size. He's not the biggest kid out there. No, he also had an eight-yard run, and he ran into two-point conversion. And then, uh, how many times do you see a two-point conversion run where the running back is not touched? I mean, and and it wasn't like an even really an end around. I mean, he just kind of just went around the left tackle, and there was nobody there. I mean, he had outsprinted the entire defense past the left tackle. What do they have him listed on the roster at? Like five seven, a buck forty. Buck forty. Yeah. So he almost had as many yards as he does pounds that he weighs. Yeah, he was uh, he was quite good out there tonight. That moves the Gladiators to seven and zero. 
uh, continue that uh, regular season win streak, which uh, dates back to their loss to Boyne City September 26th in 2014. That was only a 28-27 loss uh, against the Ramblers, who they'll see in Week 9. Uh, and that should be a good game as you've got both teams more than likely going into that undefeated. Yeah, I mean, Boyne's got to get past uh, Elk Rapids next week. That's going to be uh, one of the better games the next week. Uh, St. Francis plays... Kalkaska. Uh, Kalkaska that's coming up, yeah. And uh, that won't be an easy game, but uh, I, w- I would expect St. Francis to be a heavy favorite in that. Um, so, yeah, you've got what very well could be the uh, the Northern Michigan Conference or Football League's uh, Legends Division Championship game, essentially, in Week 9 between St. Francis and Boyne City, up in Boyne. Um, and, you know, that could be just a knockdown, drag-out fight. Boyne's played a lot of close games this year. St. Francis has not. So it would be interesting to see maybe what happens when St. Francis maybe finally plays a close game. Yeah, looking at the uh, other Traverse City teams, you had West with that uh, big win against uh, Cadillac, just kind of rolled them even without four of their starters, including uh, Michigan recruit Ryan Hayes, who was out. You also had uh, Jacob Pulaski, who was still out with turf toe. Brent Walters, uh, one of their best offensive linemen and defensive players as well. And then you had uh, Andy Chalette, who was out. So they were without four of their starters, yet didn't really seem to miss a beat, and that seems to be kind of a theme for the Titans, who have been without players, it seems, every single week, but still managed to come away with a big win. They got a big game from Andrew Campbell, uh, who was out last week after serving a one-game suspension, after being kicked out uh, in, in a game uh, earlier against, uh, I believe that was Alpina, uh, where he was uh, ejected from there, And he, but he came back this week, had a strong game on the ground. Uh, racked up 76 yards, but he also had, I think, 112 receiving yards as well. Uh, and you had a really strong performance from Sam DeKuyper at quarterback, who's been a little hit or miss this year, but was certainly hitting uh, this week. He went 6 for 6, 149 yards, and two touchdowns, so he had that nice, uh, perfect passer rating sitting around what the total QBR, I think, is it 158.6? Is that the best you can? 158.3. 158.3. So I NFL given... ratings, of course. Yeah. Well, we looked at the college ratings, and that was like 5,000, and it didn't even make any sense. It was just some arbitrary number. Uh, and then Central, uh, they also, uh, they again, had to come from behind twice, down 7 to nothing uh, to Alpina, and then down 14 to 7 before scoring 16 in the second quarter and then 14 in each of the uh, third and the fourth uh, to pick up that win, almost doubling up. Uh, the Wildcats at 51-26. to 26. Uh, uh, Sugars said that he's been waiting for his team to put together a full game. He didn't feel like they did that Friday night, but he said they're getting closer and that they're, uh, they're, they're moving up, they're moving in the right direction um, instead of uh, slowing down, which he says some teams can't be doing uh, down that last third of the season. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the one thing that really sticks out to me, I, I fortunately didn't have the opportunity, like you did, Brendan, to talk to Coach Sugars tonight, but something going all the way back to the preseason that he talked about uh, even before he had technically announced that uh, Tobin Schwanke would again be the starting varsity quarterback was that he was excited uh, because Tobin was actually coming into this season healthy. Um, I actually was not aware last season that – um, he kind of started the year a little bit banged up and, uh, you know, wasn't able to 
fully utilize his running abilities. And so coming into his junior season, I was really looking at, you know, to see where uh, he had improved as a passer. And I think to a degree he's done that. But over the last few games, I think what you've really seen is just how critical of a piece he is uh, in the running game. He's strung multiple 100-plus yard uh, r- rushing games from the quarterback spot in a row here. And uh, tonight he had uh, he still threw for a buck 33 and two scores, but he, he carried 19 times for 124 yards and another three touchdowns, and I think that is a multifacetedness uh, that we didn't get to really see from Schwanicky last year, and obviously you know, him combining for five scores tonight, that's a big uh, big reason why they were able to get the road win at Alpena. Yeah, you got to like the way that he's able to use uh, both his legs and his arms. 19 rushes from uh, the quarterback position uh, and, and pretty much taking care of business. That was, uh, that was big for them tonight. Yeah, and I mean, he's not exactly a, a powerfully built uh, kid. He, I mean, he, he's a very athletic, smooth runner, um, but he, you know, he's not, he's not a guy that, you know, looks like he's going to bowl somebody over or, you know, ha- or is like a running back playing the, a wildcat quarterback type of thing. I mean, he's very much a, a, a built to uh, stand in the pocket and pass. And, you know, the things that he's been able to do on the ground now that he's healthy, he's been uh, very impressive to see. You're going to be able to see uh, Shawanaki uh, up close and personal next week when you cover Central as they take on Birmingham Brother Rice. But this uh, Friday you were watching Kingsley versus Kalkaska in what turned out to be a defensive battle that ended with a 6 to nothing win uh, for the Blue Blazers on a Nolan Mitchell, what was it, 42-yard touchdown? 52-yard touchdown run in the second quarter. And, uh, you know, you, you can uh, – Check out the story on recordeagle.com, but I, I kind of mentioned how the only beautiful thing in that game was that run. Uh, Nolan Mitchell took an inside handoff, um, which to that point in the game and thereafter wasn't really working. Uh, Kingsley's defense was very stout tonight. Um but they gave an inside handoff to, to Mitchell, and he made a cutback. And, I mean, he wasn't – I don't even think he was 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage yet, and he was already behind the entire defense, and there wasn't anybody that was going to catch him. And uh, talking to Coach Jeremy Wilkinson after the game, he you know mentioned that coming in against Kingsley, they thought the outside was going to be kind of their bread and butter and where they really felt they could take advantage of the Kingsley defense, and for whatever reason, um, there was a there were a lot of penalties tonight on both teams. Um, you know whether it was holding penalties once the running back got outside, or just breakdowns in the blocking scheme. There just wasn't anything there, and if not for that one, for that one play, uh, you know that one was going to overtime because neither team could really do much of anything. You know each side had a chance uh, or two near the red zone, but each and every time the opposing defense would uh, stiffen up and you know force a, a long fourth down. There were no there were a ton of fourth down attempts in this game and they all seemed to be of the seven yards or more variety. So you're almost forced to throw in all those situations and nobody was passing the ball well tonight either so it was just a lot of turnovers on downs I think there were three interceptions thrown in the end zone in this game by the two teams because it was just like well we got to throw it over there because it's our last play and we got to try to score so you know it was really impressive defensive effort not a pretty game 
No, uh, I you know it's it's tough for Kingsley who's sitting now at zero and seven uh, in this season, and uh, you know it, it doesn't seem like that's a team that has been playing as bad as their record states. What you saw from them tonight did that look like an zero and seven team? No, not at all. Um, you know I feel like every year you get to this point in the season, and there's one of those teams where while they must be one of the best, you know zero and seven teams in the, in the state or in the area, or whatever. Um, and it sort of seems like a silly thing to say about a team that hasn't won a game, but it's true. And, you know, I asked uh, interim head coach Jamie Mullins after the game about, uh, you know, just what's been going on? Why haven't they been able to figure it out and, and get that win? And, he, you know, he just kind of broke it down as simply as whenever that one big key moment kind of happens in each game, they just are on the wrong side of it, whether it's a penalty here or, you know, a missed tackle or, you know, like I said, the defense was stellar tonight. Kalkaska usually throws the ball all over the field, and they couldn't throw the ball on Kingsley, but they had that one play where Nolan Mitchell breaks it up the middle for a big score, and you know that ends up being, being the difference. So um, it, it, it really is a tough thing for them. Their, their program's obviously going through uh, a bunch of different things, and um, you know to be sitting at 0-7 is... Uh, and feel like each of the last two weeks and six-point losses, you know, games that you could have won, are you running out of opportunities to at least get a W on the board? Yeah, Mullen has uh, taken over for Jason Leonard, who has uh, left the team after uh, being under investigation for possibly embezzling money from the uh, Kingsley Wrestling Program. Is that correct? Yeah, it uh, had to do with a youth wrestling program, so there's some question over where that's going to go. I know... Uh, his uh, lawyer had released a statement that, you know, from their end, everything's kind of been on the up and up, um, but the school's investigating, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, Mullen in uh, for, for now for the foreseeable future, um, which, you know, is only going to be this season two more games since they've obviously been eliminated from the postseason contention already. But then on the other side of things, uh, Kalkaska, you know, this was a big win for them. It maybe was a lot closer than people expected, uh, but it was a game they had to win, and they got it. Uh, they had lost three in a row after a three and zero start, so they were three and three. And you know, had they dropped that game tonight, um, it was not officially over, but nobody would have been giving them a chance uh, heading in at 3-4 and four against St. Francis next week and playing a pretty talented Grayling team in Week 9. So they've got to win at least one of those games to have a shot at the playoffs with playoff points, and they got to win them both, uh, which would be incredible uh, yeah, I saw to, that, to guarantee a spot. I saw that you talked to Hayden Zimmerman after the game, and that kid's always good for a great quote. Uh, he's, he's a wonder to talk to. Uh, and uh, I liked what he have, had to say about St. Francis, that they're kids just like us. And, you know, going to that game next week, uh, trying to get a win against a, a really, 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 really talented St. Francis team, uh, one that has surprised certainly me this season. I'm not sure about you, James. I think you just expect St. Francis to be this good all the time. Kind of. I mean, yeah, St. Francis kind of is what it is, um, and their, you know, their their floor is seven wins. I think, because <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically about what we've seen. Probably about the worst I've seen them when I've been here is maybe been a seven win team. What do you think uh, their chances, or what do you think Calcasca's chances are next week against uh, against St. Francis? Um, well, they're going to have to get their offense going. 
And uh, if they couldn't do it against Kingsley, then I don't know how they're going to do it against St. Francis. But, uh, you know, maybe they figure some things out, um, you know, from this game against Kingsley. I mean, uh, you know, make it into a, a learning thing. Um, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to throw the ball because nobody's really been able to run the ball on St. Francis this year. No, they're, they, they don't allow any holes to be opened up on that defense. Even when it looks like something might be there for the opposition, they close on it so quickly that, I mean, they, they shut them down for maybe a four- or five-yard gain. And, you know, when I was watching the game tonight, I was surprised that whenever, uh, you know, Shibawakun uh, is able to move the ball against, uh, against St. Francis, they're just that impressive defensively. Some of the other games that we had tonight, uh, you had uh, Glen Lake just rolling uh, Inland Lakes, uh, a complete obliteration, 62 to nothing. Kate Peterson uh, completed six passes for 125 yards and four touchdowns, including a 67-yard strike to Nick Apsey. Uh, Peterson also ran the ball for 66 yards uh, and a 25-yard touchdown. Uh, Apsey caught three passes for 71 yards and three scores. He also picked up 69 rushing yards on, on just two carries, uh, and one of those was a 44-yard touchdown scamper. Drew Peterson hauled in a, ca- a catch for 34 yards, and Dr- uh, Josh Sturzer also had one catch. That was a 9-yard touchdown. Uh, the Lakers are now 4-2, and two, uh, and they're going to play Mancelona next week as they search for their fourth uh, straight victory there. Frankfurt also had a big win. It seemed like there were a lot of blowouts this week and a lot of high-scoring games. Uh, Frankfurt beating St. Ignace 41-6. to Griffin Kelly, nine carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns, uh, one of the 60-yard variety and one from just five yards out. Kirk Myers, eight for 14 for 102 yards with two passing TDs. He also had a four-yard rushing touchdown and uh, picked off uh, two passes on defense, showing just how versatile he is. For those of you keeping score at home, that's over 16 yards a carry for Griffin Kelly. Yeah, and the thing is, is you look at uh, nine carries for 145, and you're almost underwhelmed by that because of just how talented that kid is. You're like, uh, you know, could have been like 10 for 300. I mean, that's what we were thinking. I mean, the kid is just that good. Stapleton, don't let your foot off the gas. Just feed the kid the ball. Come on. He only played two quarters, and <laughs> Stapleton said they, they, they gave him what seemed to be almost like a charity rush in the, in the third quarter. Like, here, well, all right, you can have the ball once. Uh, you also had Central Lake picking up a win against uh, Atlanta, 58-30. to 30. Uh, Gavin Mortensen, 14 carries for 135 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He also threw for three uh, touchdowns. Uh, Skyler Spangler with 17 carries, 127 yards and two TDs. Grant Papineau uh, followed up a uh, monstrous week last week, uh, rushing for over 200 yards. Uh, this week he had 19 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. He also caught a touchdown and had uh, nine tackles. Uh, Central Lake is 7-0, and and they host Onekama, which destroyed their opponent this week. Uh, so you've got two 7-0 teams going up against each other next week. Uh, James, what are we expecting from that game when those two teams meet, uh, meet up? Well, I think Central Lake led that game was thirty-five to nothing at halftime. So I mean, Atlanta scored all their, you know, it looks like they scored a lot, you know, in the final score that they got thirty, but that was all in the second half after the game was kind of already decided. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, you're going to have two teams. I mean, Onekama has just been steamrolling everybody in in eight man this season, and what their game today was fifty-eight to nothing at halftime. I mean, that is. Yeah, they take care of business. I mean, it's just they talking about, you know, letting off the gas. That is a team that does not let their foot off the gas. That's straight pedal to the metal the entire time. No, they don't. And the interesting thing about that matchup next week 
is the, you know these are both teams in their first year of eight-man football. They're both undefeated, but they're coming off completely different seasons. Onakama was a playoff team in 11-man last year and probably made the switch to eight-man sooner than they had to. They, they maybe could have been an 11-man playoff team this year, whereas Central Lake uh, was abysmal a year ago. Uh, they changed coaches in the offseason. Um, Rob Hickey came back, who he had coached them pre- prior to last season, um, and you know they've gone from struggling against everyone to, in their own right, dominating everyone they've played so it'll be really interesting to see if there's a gap between those teams and then how big that gap uh, really becomes Uh, other action that we had uh misik with a 30 to 14 win over brethren andrew sanis with 20 carries for 100 yards and three touchdowns in that one Uh, forest area fell 36 to 32 wyoming triunity christian but lake barksdale had 226 yards on the ground in that one on 18 carries he also scored twice uh bel-air picked up a 36 to uh, 36 to 14 win over posen and got uh, big uh, fumble recoveries from Hunter Putz, who picked one up from 65 yards out and brought it in, and as, as well as Wes Dennis, who recovered a fumble and brought it back 46 yards for a touchdown. Elk Rapids beat Grayling 28-8. to eight. Uh, You had Boyne City 41, uh, and, and Boyne City uh, 41-13 to 13 over Benzie Central. Guys, there's, there's plenty of good action next week. Um, uh, any final thoughts? Well, congratulations. Big uh, shout-out to Elk Rapids for getting that playoff-clinching victory. Um, you know, that's their first playoff berth, or it will be their first playoff berth since 2014. So it's been a little bit for them, uh, you know, and the season that they've had thus far, uh, they certainly deserve it. All right, well, that just about does it here for us in the get-around after dark. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Brendan Queeley, and again, we have James Cook and Brett Summers with us this week and every week. Uh, make sure that you listen to our Tuesday podcast, uh, the regular get-around, which comes out every Tuesday morning. Uh, we'll be uh, talking plenty more football and some soccer, volleyball, and plenty of other action uh, that we saw this past week. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash Sports. You can also find us on Twitter at Sports. You can find James Cook at James14, Brett Summers at BA Sports Writer, and you can find myself, Brendan Queeley, at Brendan Queeley. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us as always, and please have a good rest of the weekend.